Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. I am Mark Hedegar, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate those miracles together. I just want to remind you that next week will be a love feast. So for those of you at home, um, if you could just have a meal with you, something to chew on a cracker or donut or whatever you want to use and something to drink. Um, it is Communion Sunday, but we will be doing the love feast. So I just want to remind you of that. This morning's memory verse comes from John 6.35. John 6. 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this morning is all about you. Please help us to worship you today with an undistracted heart. You know how our minds wander to our upcoming week, our present worries, and our distracting thoughts of others, and all those things in the flesh. Help us to put those thoughts away this morning. Help us to focus on you and your glory. May your spirit cause our hearts, souls, and minds to lift your holy name with our singing and the listening of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join me in the call to worship. Over the wind and waves, Christ comes to us. Do not fear, go to him. The storms of life do not have the last word. Our faith keeps us from sinking. Let us call on God's name this morning and give thanks. Let all gathered here today sing of God's wonderful works. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from John chapter 6, verses 30 through 51. John chapter 6, verses 30 through 51. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. 
Then the Jews began to complain about him, and because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Praise God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to our joys and concerns. So uh, for those of you listening at home, I would just ask you to just shout out. Actually, if you're home, you're safe. Just yell a name out. Yell it out nice and loud. You don't need to. God hears you, of course. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. But um, feel free to just yell out names or circumstances or health issues or any anxieties you might have. God will hear your prayer. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to come and worship with you, to give you praise, to give you all the honor and all the glory. Lord, you know those names and those conditions that are on our hearts and in our minds that, that interfere with us sometimes to, to be your witness in a community, or, or maybe they, they cause us to be grumpy or, or angry. Uh, Lord, that we get so caught up in the flesh, Father God. I just pray for forgiveness, myself and anyone else who might have been experiencing that frustration lately. We love you and we trust you, Father God. You are the great physician. We know that our, our infirmities and our sicknesses and everything, everything in the flesh was taken to the cross by Jesus. And, and we just call on that today. We claim that. We claim healing by the stripes of Jesus. We we just cover ourselves in his blood today, in his protection, that we may abide in the wings of the Almighty. Father God, send your Holy Spirit down on us today as we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The title to this morning's message is Don't Be a Fill. Don't Be a Fill. We've been discussing God's purpose for mankind and his desire for us to be his image bearers. We spent a couple weeks pointing out how our schools are indoctrinating our children and how their minds are being polluted with liberal teachings, teachings that go against the word of God. Today I want to transition to the adults and spend a few weeks talking about our responsibilities and duties as God's image bearers. We begin with perseverance today. Perseverance, not quitting. 
When I was stationed on Guam, I was very competitive in martial arts. I competed in uh, several tournaments every year. I always did very well, but every year at the finals, I would be defeated by the island champion, a guy named Phil. Second place was never good enough for me, and Phil always pushed me to study and train harder, and I was determined to defeat my enemy on the mat. At my final tournament, before leaving the island and returning to the United States, I once again met Phil in the finals. It was my last chance to beat him and become the champion. But something unexpected happened. Halfway through the match, Phil put up his hands and he quit. He surrendered. I was devastated. I was so disappointed he didn't finish the fight. In a way, he had been my hero for two years, and I had trained so hard to beat him. But then he quit. You see, he was a champion for so long that he didn't think he had to train hard anymore. He let his guard down. He got soft. He got complacent. He was filled with pride and took his skills for granted. But in truth, he probably lost his love for the art. Somewhere along the line, he made a decision to sit on his hands instead of working to move forward. And he paid for it by way of defeat. Now, some of my favorite movies tell the same story. In the movie Rocky, you knew I was going to go there. In the movie Rocky, Rocky Balboa began his boxing career with hunger and vigor. He worked harder than anyone, always keeping his eye on the prize. He didn't have any money, so he couldn't afford to join some fancy gym. He spent a lot of time working out in a freezer, actually, uh, practicing his skills practicing his skills on frozen meat. He would always take a beating during his fights, of course, but he never gave up. He just worked harder. He eventually became the champion. But then, like Phil, he got complacent and lazy. He eventually lost his championship to a hungrier opponent. But Rocky refused to quit. He saw what he had done wrong, so he went back to the basics, working and studying hard, eliminating distractions in his life that would keep him from victory. And of course, he went back in the ring and he won. Now, I know it was just a movie, but it happens in real life too. Muhammad Ali is one of the greatest boxing legends of all time. Much like Rocky, his career was a series of ups and downs, forgetting the basics, what made him a champion, what made him victorious. But every time he went back to the basics, he too was victorious until his health failed him and he retired. How many athletes out there have quit because the work was too hard? And sadly, how many Christians are out there that have also quit because the work was too hard? We read of many leaving Jesus in John chapter 6, 53 through 59. So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, 
and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in a synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Amen. It's hard to imagine that people would abandon Jesus when he was there with them in the flesh, and they witnessed his work on earth. But how many Christians today have become complacent, sitting on their hands, believing the path was going to be easy, and once they discovered it wasn't easy, simply drifted away? How many have found excuses to skip Sunday worship or avoid reading scripture or daily devotions. I've been there. I can remember dust covering my Bible because I hadn't, hadn't opened it, sometimes for months. I can remember placing Sunday worship with Sunday fishing. Oh, I made sure I said prayers while I was out on the lake, so I convinced myself I was still worshiping God. But he calls us to assemble in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It reads this way. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So in truth, I was being disobedient to God's word. But our local Churches have been obedient this summer, for which I am so proud. Many of us have felt we were wandering in the wilderness since March 15th, waiting to get back to what many consider to be our promised land, back inside the church. But unlike the Israelites who were forced to wander in the desert for 40 years, hoping to enter the promised land, part of our church community stepped up and conducted outside services. For 17 weeks, people traveled from all over the countryside to worship outside on Sunday morning. The community provided a safe place of worship for about 80 people, including 10 to 12 brothers and sisters that were unable to attend inside services 
to either their church being closed or to health reasons. And the leaders in Middleville formed a team and made sure that their house of worship was safe for God's children to come and worship him together inside. They refused to take the easy way out and keep the doors closed to the community. I am so proud of all of you for keeping your eyes on the prize and not giving up. Well done, good and faithful servants. So while some simply decided to wait until the pandemic was over and the doors of the church were opened back up, our three churches were more like Joshua and Caleb and put their trust in God while maintaining obedience to the civil law. And I was blessed to witness a summer of freedom during the outside services. A summer of freedom. Christian brothers and sisters raised their hands in worship. They beeped horns. They shouted amen. And I, I know I heard a few responses coming from the canine congregation. Now sadly, some have left our congressional family and may not return. But those of, those of us remaining have made a stance. We stood arm in arm or car to car and discovered a new way to praise our Father God. As you've heard me preach before, our actions or reactions always expose the conditions of our hearts. I have seen all of your hearts and so has your Father in heaven. Our challenge now coming back inside, is to keep that flame of freedom burning, that bold and open praise of our Creator. And we may have learned, worship is not about a ritual or music or denominational guidelines. True worship is all about God and God alone. My prayer going forward is that we will not rest or sit on our heels and think we've made it into the promised land because we are back inside these walls. Let us praise God for providing us a way to once again defeat the enemy by worshiping over the summer, yet still being obedient to the guidelines of our Methodist leaders and our government. Billy Graham said that the Christian life is one of constant growth. I feel we've grown mightily over this summer. My prayer is that we don't give up, become complacent, or quit like Phil did. It may help to remember the words of 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. And I will end with this. My wife and I are so blessed to be running this race with each and every one of you. And for those of you that may not know Jesus, we call on you today to join the race with us. Christ died on the cross for you. Christ shed his blood for you. And the Bible teaches that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That means... That today you can come to the cross and be forgiven for every sin you have ever committed. Every sin. We are called to repent, 
to confess our sins to the only one who can forgive us and save us from eternal separation from our Father Creator. If you haven't accepted Jesus yet, do it today. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Come see me if you need help, have questions, or need prayer. Let us pray. Lord, since the beginning, the enemy of our souls seeks to destroy your glorious purposes for the world and your people. We pray for your protection against all powers and principalities seeking to sow division, anger, envy, greed, and lust among your people. Keep evil men with destructive intent and unsound doctrines far from us. Expose our culture's ugly lies and the lies we want to believe by setting our hearts on truth that leads to love, a good conscience, and sincere faith. We join this morning as one body, praying the prayer you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We cannot deceive God with the appearance of generosity. He knows how we manage the wealth entrusted to our care. He wants us to know the joy of sharing from the abundance that he provides. He wants us to trust him, even when we feel we do not have enough to share with others. At this time, we would take an offering. I just, I am so pleased and blessed and, again, proud of everybody for their obedience, the tithes and offerings um, over the summer. Uh, you are more than welcome to continue sending them to Post Office Box 104 or whatever the Spirit puts on your heart. Thank you. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Father God, that you enable us to be givers, not just receivers. May what we offer here today provide a helpful ministry to others. May what we offer to our family, friends, and community be blessed by you as a ministry of our faithfulness to your word and your calling to share. In Jesus' name, amen. Take heart. Do not be afraid. The harsh winds and the seas of life will cease and will not overwhelm you. The plans of the wicked will not wipe out the good God intends for his people. Jesus said everyone who calls on the name of God will be saved. Remember God's wonderful works and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Now receive the benediction. And now may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. May God bless and keep each and every one of you. Stay safe and stay in his word. Amen.